My name is Herb Montgomery, and I'm the director of Renewed Heart Ministries. We are a not-for-profit group that is passionate about rediscovering, following, and helping others rediscover the teachings and sayings of the historical Jesus of Nazareth. We believe that these teachings have an intrinsic value in informing the work of nonviolently confronting, liberating, and transforming our world into a safe, more just, more compassionate home for us all. If you would like to support the work of Renewed Heart Ministries, I'll tell you how you can do so at the end of this podcast. For now, we simply want to thank you for listening. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 183 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. We're on the road this week. We're recording this in a hotel room. I want to thank you in advance for your patience. I know the recording quality or the sound difference, so it'll it'll be present with us this week. So thank you for hanging in there with us. We'll be back home next week where the recording will sound more like it typically does from week to week. But our feature text this week is who Whoever takes you in takes me in, and whoever takes me in takes in the one who sent me from Sayings Gospel Q 10 16. And our title is taken from that passage Whoever takes you in takes me in. Our companion text are Matthew 10 40 through 42. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you that person will certainly not lose their reward. Uh, Luke ten sixteen. whoever listens to you listens to me, whoever rejects you rejects me, but whoever rejects me rejects him. Uh, who sent me. So so since the 11th century, about 1094 CE to be exact, thanks to to Anselm of of Canterbury, some Christians have thought that Jesus's death was was a vicarious substitution that that satisfied something in God that needs us to die. And the seeds of Anselm's views, they did exist before him and his views were were further developed later by Calvin and Luther, but but Anselm was the first to really systematize this way of believing in Jesus rather than just believing Jesus himself. And this week, Jesus is saying from Q, it describes a different kind of vicarious substitution. Jesus isn't standing in for you. You're actually standing in for Jesus. Whoever takes you in takes me in. Jesus was so committed uh, to this idea of community that he taught his disciples that the way a village responded to the community Jesus sent out was a response not just to them, uh, but to Jesus as well. And uh, this has had a flip side throughout history. And uh, Let's talk about the oppressive history of Christendom for just a moment. When we look back uh, at what we have been seeing this year in Sang's Gospel Q, it seems clear to me that the version of Christianity that I was raised in and the Jesus of Sang's Gospel Q, they could not be more different. Religion, including Christianity, is too often employed to try to attain some type of security rather than being a search for what is true. And because of the way we Christians have acted, there are great swaths of of the human populace uh, that immediately shut down anytime we even mention the name Jesus. And whomever received uh, the people Jesus sent into the world 
in our saying this week, uh, they received Jesus. But also, and this is the flip side of it, if, if one is true, so is the other. Whoever in the 2,000 years since has witnessed racism or exploitative wealth or sexism or homophobia, uh, colonialism or, or violence or any form of oppression by Jesus' followers, they witness it being done by Jesus too. So, so, so many, uh, only, they only realize when they, they discover for themselves the, the Jesus that we're seeing in Sang's Gospel Q this year, um, once they see that for themselves, they, they, they realize uh, there's a Jesus that's radically different than the Jesus they encountered in the religion that has formed around Jesus. And this discovery, it's an ongoing process for South Americans, uh, who, who uh, their introduction to Jesus was through European colonialism, to Africans, African Americans, uh, women, uh, transgender people, those who are gay, lesbian, or bisexual, or, or just questioning. The way that they encounter Jesus through Christianity, um, uh, and the way that they encounter Jesus on their own, when they actually uh, begin to discover for themselves uh, the, the Jesus that we're looking at in Sang's Gospel Q, uh, only then do they begin to, to realize there's a difference. And it's in these encounters that Jesus of Nazareth is often reclaimed. And it looks very different than how we originally presented Jesus to them. There is a difference between how those with power and resources, how they present Jesus, and how those on the fringes and the underside of our societies experience Jesus. And that difference it must not be dismissed. There's a continuing need for rediscovering the Jesus of the disinherited. Today, I often meet folks who resonate with what I believe Jesus taught, with, with these values. They subscribe to, to inclusivity and, and non-discrimination and nonviolence and interdependence, even a radical resource sharing. They embrace these as their way of life. And they see at the same time the ugliness of many of, uh, of Christianity's various forms. So, so they agree with what Jesus taught. They see the ugliness of Christianity. And then as soon as I mention the name Jesus or they find out that I teach the Bible, uh, there's this wall that immediately goes up between us. And I long to be able to help people see a Jesus who's who's not just for the religious, but for the non-religious too. Because Jesus has been so abused, part of reclaiming Jesus is simply agreeing on the set of values and the ethics that are attributed to him in the Gospels. Uh, this love for, for a set of values and the same values taught by Jesus in combination with a, a low tolerance for any mention of Jesus, that's the fruit of the dynamic um, that the author of Matthew's gospel saw in his own day. In Matthew 7, 21 through 24, uh, it's gone on for two millennia now. But, but those who call Jesus Lord, Matthew says, have not done or practiced Jesus's actual teachings. And again, this creates in, in people um, a low tolerance for any mention of Jesus um, but they, these are, it's a low tolerance for, for talking about Jesus by the very ones who, who emulate and love actually what Jesus taught and what Jesus was all about. Um, but again, it's a Christian Jesus that, that, that they've been exposed to or that they've experienced, and, and that Jesus doesn't line up. And so there's this, again, this, this love for what 
what Jesus taught, whether they realize Jesus taught it or not. And then when you bring up Jesus, all of a sudden everything shuts down. So this is the very inverse of the reality that we find in this week's saying. The community that formed around Jesus and and Jesus himself are so connected with each other that what happens to one also happens to the other. And what happens to Jesus' followers, according to the saying, happens to him. So really, to, to, to put it as bluntly as I know how, when Jesus' followers are a jerk, People learn to hate Jesus, not just Jesus' followers. So, But there's a positive connection, too. There's also a positive side to the connection between Jesus and the Jesus community that we read in this week's saying. When we're promoting the teachings of Jesus and people respond, it's not only us that they're responding to. They're also responding positively to Jesus. The early Jesus community... They talked about the kingdom or or the empire of God and more contemporary uh, Jesus communities, more contemporary folks who have uncovered uh, the, the egalitarian quality of of the early Jesus community. They've referred to it as the beloved community rather than the kingdom or the empire of God. Uh, Dr. King was one who who did this, um, the the beloved community. And whatever we call it, we're part of something that includes us and is also much bigger than our individual efforts. And as with all power, whether it's isolated in one individual or it's shared by, by all alike, power can be used for great evil or great good. And this week, I'm suggesting that we use our community power for good, using our choices to to put on display the beauty of a world transformed by Jesus's teachings. And these are teachings that include non-discrimination or inclusivity and egalitarianism and nonviolence and social justice and love or healing and, and even more in our present world today. And remember that when we choose these teachings, when we embrace and we, we practice them, not just as individuals, but also as communities centered around these values and the value of listening within our communities to the most vulnerable in those communities. Uh, we too are, are listening to and embracing Jesus. And those who resonate with these values and choose to join us, uh, like the saying says, they, they too embrace Jesus as they embrace us. But this is about becoming a part of what has the potential to heal the world, uh, to heal our world. What Jesus taught can heal the world that we are living, moving, and breathing in today. And as we press together this week, as our, our relationships with each other continue to reflect the values and the teachings that we've been looking at it this year, uh, uh, the others will take notice. And they may never say a special prayer. They may never become more religious than they presently are. And many may never join an organization. But but if their hearts and their in their lives, they embrace the, the beauty of the universal values that the, the Jewish Jesus also taught. And they strive within community to apply those values in their own context. There's much more that's taken place than what institutional, religious, and, and too often surface judgments can see. It's a beautiful change and much more substantive than than what it means for, for, for many today to simply take on the name Christian. So because of the classism, the sexism, 
the racism and the heterosexism that has become so associated today with the name of Jesus, some people may never be comfortable referring to themselves as Jesus followers. And I understand that. I, I too, I wrestle with this. I, I continually want to disassociate from rather than own my own complicity in injustice. Uh, yet if a person embraces the values that we've discussed, uh, for example, methods of nonviolent conflict resolution, or, or if they embrace voluntary wealth redistribution, or, or mutual aid, or anti-cariarchical sharing of community power and, and resources, that's what Jesus was trying to encourage within his own society as well. And I can't help but believe that the historical Jesus understood that it was never so much about him as it was about what he taught, the beloved, humanity-affirming community. As his followers went out, sharing the values they had discovered through the, the Jewish teacher, what people responded to and embraced was a path. It was a set of values and ethics, and it was informed by the stories of the most vulnerable. It was, in the end, a choice to, to embrace the risk of what it takes to heal our world. So, so this week, let's contemplate both the negative and the positive implications of what it means in our day and in our multiple contexts to hear uh, our saying this week, whoever takes you in, takes me in, and whoever takes me in, takes in the one who sent me. Again, that sings Gospel Q 1016. Heart group application this week. Number one, this week, go back through this year's e-sites or through the podcast and pick a value or a principle that we found in uh, sings Gospel Q. And then number two, discuss with your group together how this principle was applied in a first century Jewish context under Roman oppression. And then number three, discuss what the possible implications of this same principle may be today and choose one of those applications to lean into together and, and begin putting it into practice. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Again, next week we'll be we'll be back in, in, in our normal recording environment environment. So thank you for your, your patience with that. Keep living in love wherever this finds you this week. Uh, together making the world a safer, more compassionate, more just home for us till the only world that remains is a world where only love reigns. Remember, I love each one of you dearly, and I'll see you next week. Thank you once again for listening. Everything we do here at Renewed Heart Ministries, even our, our many educational events that we do in various venues, is for free. If you'd like to support our work, you can make a one-time gift or become one of our monthly contributors by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking on the Donate tab on the top right. Or you can mail your contribution to Renewed Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 1211, Lewisburg, West Virginia, 24901. And make sure you also sign up for our free resources and remember Remember, every little bit helps. And, and as always, anything that we receive over and above our annual budget, we happily give away to other not-for-profits who are, are making both systemic and personal differences and significant differences in the lives of those who are not presently benefited by the status quo. And to those of you who are already supporting the work of Renewed Heart Ministries, thank you so much. Your generous support makes it possible for us to exist and to continue being 
being a presence for positive change in our world. So with all of our hearts, thank you. Together, we are making a difference till the only world that remains is a world where only love reigns.